Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. everybody. Good to see you guys. Good morning. morning. All right. We're going to wake you guys. You want to start with something funny? Want to start with something funny? Uh, All right. Well, let's just go for it. You may have heard about the preacher who had to give a sermon to the children in his church. That's like a preacher's fear. You got to talk to the children. So he brings all the kids of the church together and he says, I'm going to talk to you today about the resurrection. Who knows what the resurrection is? And yeah, a few people raise their hand. One boy in the front row goes, oh, I know what the resurrection is. I learned about it on a TV commercial. And the preacher says, okay, what do you know? And he says, well, if you have a resurrection that lasts for more than five hours, you're supposed to see a doctor. I just, that, you look like you need to wake up. Wake up, people. Come on. Woo. <laughs> That'll wake some of you up and some of you are leaving. I, I see how that goes. That's... Hey, I see a lot of new faces, and I, if you're just joining us, you are coming at a great time uh, to church. We are about to kick off this 40-day Bible challenge in which we're going to be reading through the entire New Testament over the 40 days leading up to Easter, the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what the series 40 is all about. That's what we're preparing for. And exciting news, our Bibles have arrived. Pastor Tom, can you bring some out here? Give him a hand. Our Bibles are here. Hand-delivered. We have thousands of these things. Let me grab a copy from you, throw some on the table. Um, Some of you have already picked these up. We're going to have these in the lobby outside at your campus for you to pick up afterwards. And um, we had these custom Bibles designed just for you guys, and we're going to give them out free to anyone, your whole family, if you sign up for this challenge. Uh, Last week, we actually had, I guess it was thousands of people register last week, Tom. Those of you who handed in your response card, um, you'll have your Bibles waiting for you after the service. If you weren't here, there's a card in your program today. EJ, can we bring up the lights a little bit for people? There's uh, notes in your program, and then there's a card for you to fill out with your kids' names and ages if your family wants to do this, and you can hand that in at the end of our service today. But last week, this whole idea is we learned that the number 40 has huge significance in scripture. Uh, God used 40 days of rain to purify the earth. Moses spent 40 days on top of Mount Sinai and he received revelation. Remember this? He got the 10 commandments. The Israelites spent 40 days exploring the promised land. And because the people doubted, they spent 40 years in the wilderness. And what we learned is that the Bible's very clear. Whenever God wants to prepare his people to lead them to the next level spiritually, 
He'll often use a season of 40 to do it. And that's what we're after as a church here in 2013. We want more of Jesus, amen? More of his grace. We want to feel more of God's presence here and and the Spirit's power. So we're devoting these 40 days to encountering Christ in a fresh way through reading the New Testament. And here's the cool part. This challenge is for everyone, okay? Wherever you are, if you're a newbie, if you're an old timer, we got them all at Liquid. That's one of the things I honestly love about our church. We got people all over the spectrum. Some of you, you may be brand new to the faith. You may be, you know, kicking the tires of Christianity, seeing what this is about. You may be returning to church. You haven't gotten to mass in years. Awesome. I'm pumped for you. This is the perfect moment to dive in and discover the Bible for yourself. But at Liquid, we also have some old timers. I see you gray hairs, okay? I saw he walked up, he walked out after the opening joke. Uh, the, uh, we, have got, we have men and women who've been, you know, traveling with the Lord a long time. But maybe, maybe, maybe it's grown a little cold for you or, or familiar, especially if your, your faith has kind of, you know, waned. Um, some of us who grew up in the church, like me, we know the Bible up here, but it hasn't necessarily touched here in a while. And so I'm praying for you that these next eight weeks are going to be like, boom, spiritual paddles to get your heart reconnected to your head. And you're going to engage and fall in love with Christ in a whole new way. So so to get us ready for what's to come, here's what I want to do. This morning, we're going to dive right into this, this, this passage that opens the New Testament. And I think this is going to set the table for what you and I can expect over the next 40 days together. So open up your Bible, would you, to Matthew chapter 4. I didn't put the page number in because, because I want you to start learning where things are in the Bible. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. If you're using the Pew Bible, um, we'll use those because that has verses in it. This is more of a reading Bible. But if you open up to Matthew 4, you're going to see some symmetry between what we saw to open the Old Testament and what opens the New Testament here. As the Old Testament opened, we saw the Israelites chosen by God to walk with him, but they broke covenant and they spent 40 years in the desert. But in the New Testament, Jesus Christ is chosen by God in a similar way, and he too finds himself in a desert. Not for 40 years, but for anybody. Anybody? How long? 40 days. Oh, you guys got this. Yeah, Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. That's what Lent is about. Lent is the 40-day season of preparation for Easter, for you to prepare your heart, okay? And this is the scripture on which that practice is based. So let's read this together. Matthew chapter 4. Verses 1 through 11, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting, say it out loud, 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, No, it is written, man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's, that's where we got our cover from here. Then the devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the highest point of the temple and said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down for he'll command his angels concerning you and they'll lift you up in in their hands so that you won't strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered again, it's written, don't put the Lord, your God to the test. Now watch this verse eight. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He said, all this I'll give you if you bow down. And worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And it says, Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. I think this account of Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness is the perfect preparation for what you and I can expect during this 40 day journey 
in Lent. If you're taking notes, what you're going to see here in Matthew 4 is how Jesus handled three things. We're going to see how Jesus handled a 40-day fast, a period of dedication to God. We're going to see how Jesus handled his Bible, because we see that Jesus uses scripture in a powerful way. And then we're going to see how Jesus handled temptations. First off, you just notice something surprising about Jesus's, you know, famous showdown with the devil in the desert. Why was Jesus in the wilderness in the first place? Was it, you know, most people think, oh, the devil, it kind of temp- drew, drew him in. Oh, he's not there because the devil. Look at verse one. It says this. Then Jesus was led by who? By the, the spirit. The Holy Spirit led him into the desert. In other words, there are going to come certain times in your life that God will intentionally lead you to a dry place. All right. The Judean wilderness was bleak. That's a picture of the Judean wilderness where Jesus found himself. Look at it. Look at that sad, lonely little camel out there. It's bleak. It is barren. It's dry. There is no shade. There is no water. There is nothing. And God said, that's the place I want to lead my son to strengthen him for his ministry ahead. At this point, Jesus is not 40 years old. Jesus is 30 years old. He hadn't even begun his public ministry yet. Not one miracle, not one teaching, not one healing, nothing. And God's spirit said for 40 days, Jesus, I want you to go out to the desert so I can strengthen your soul for what's coming. Now, why the desert? Obviously, the Judean desert is a place of extremes. If you've ever been out in the desert, you know it can get scorching hot during the day. But then what happens at night? Still hot? Freezing cold. Freezing. It's a place of extremes. That's what a wilderness is. You don't get comfortable in the desert. You're either boiling hot or you're freezing cold. There's no balance. It's not nice and mild in the desert. Now, I understand that's how a lot of us like our Christianity, nice and mild, you know? Don't get too crazy about this stuff, you know? Don't get too hot about it. Or feel cold, I feel like I'm not really connected with God. That's contemporary Christianity, okay? Comfort zone Christianity, Goldilocks faith. Not hot, not cold, just right. (laughs) The problem with this is that the last book of the Bible, Jesus says, you weren't hot or cold, so I did what? I spit you out of my mouth. In other words, you got, I'd rather have you be white hot about your faith or just forget it altogether because I'm looking for men and women who are passionate about my father and willing to move out of their comfort zone. So this is good news to you. If you're fearing spiritually dry this morning, sometimes God will intentionally lead you to a dry place. I want you to think about that. Has something in your life dried up this year, your marriage, your business, I don't know what it finances. Sometimes God will lead us to a dry place at the beginning of a 40-day journey, not to kill you, but to strengthen your soul for what's ahead. That's where the spirit of Jesus went to be tested and strengthened before he begins his public ministry. It says this, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was what? Hungry. Well, no, duh. Little understatement there, the most obvious verse in the Bible. Fasting, if you'll recall, this is, this is when you don't eat food for a period of time. You drink only water. That's also why most people give up something for Lent. We, we sacrifice something physical in order to receive something spiritual. And the idea is we're, we're, we're taming our flesh. It's this deeper connection with Christ by denying our flesh. And Jesus fasted 40 days, and it says he was hungry. You would be too. <laughs> if you have a granola bar for breakfast and it's, you, know, you don't eat anything else, what happens around 12 noon? You get hungry, right? Food is a basic human need, and nothing wrong with that. Jesus was starving, but it says Satan slithered up, and he said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. In other words, I see you have a physical need, but I'm going to attack you at the level of your identity, who you are. Are you really the son of God? The enemy always goes for the jugular. 
If you look, look in your Bible. What's the passage immediately before this? Jesus is never healed. He's never taught. He's being baptized. And Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River. And he comes out and there's a voice from heaven that says, this is my son whom I love. And with him, I am well pleased. In other words, God the Father puts his stamp of approval on God the Son. And the first thing that Satan does is he attacks that because he always wants you as God's child doubting who you are in Christ. So tell these stones to become bread. And I'm thinking, after 40 days and nights, no food, those rocks start looking pretty good, okay? How many of you have ever fasted before? We've done this as a church. Yeah, remember the Daniel fast, 21 days, fruits, vegetables, all this? Well, this past week... I fasted because I knew I was going to be preaching on this message. And I didn't do the 40-day, obviously, fast, but I fasted for 40 hours. And uh, just as a way of trying to identify with Jesus and, and understand maybe a little taste of what he went through. And let me just tell you something. It sucks. All right? I don't, I don't know what else to say. I don't, I'm like, I don't know how to describe it to you. I stopped uh, eating on Wednesday afternoon around 3 o'clock. And uh, I think my wife figured it out by around 7 o'clock, you know, because she's like, you're nasty, man, you know. I made the mistake, I actually was working on the message, I made the mistake of working on this at Panera. Damn, you know, it's like the hazelnut coffee, you know, paninis, I'm like saying, you know. I'm four hours in, I can't do it. You know what I get? I don't get hungry, I get hangry. You know what hangry is? You know what I'm talking about? You're so hungry, you get angry with people, you know, right? 40 hours. I mean, gee, I don't know how Jesus did this. 40 days, it's a supernatural fast. I didn't, I, it's kind of funny, I didn't tell my family, but my, my 10-year-old daughter here, she comes home <laughs> from the mall, and she goes, hey, daddy, look what I got, bacon-flavored lip balm. <laughs> I don't think of these things, you know? She's like, you want to try some? And I'm like, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, no, 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 get away. <laughs> but the, the, fa- the reason I was fasting wasn't for me. I actually want to fast for you. Because I'm God, like, God, would you prepare us? Would you prepare this church for the 40 days that lay ahead of us? I said, God, would you give your people a new hunger for his word? Amen? I want us to have this appetite for God's word that maybe it's lacking here in your life a little bit. You may be here this morning, your appetite is dull, or you don't see the relevance of scripture. But Jesus said to the devil, it is written in God's word. That man doesn't live by bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. In other words, the world is going to tell you to feed your flesh. But the word of God is going to tell you, I want to renew your mind. And this 40-day journey is going to be a fast in some ways. We are going to be reading 12 pages a day, which is going to take the average adult about 30 minutes, okay? That means you're going to have to give up something for 30 minutes of the, next, of the next 40 days each day, okay? What will that be? What, do you, what 30 minutes, right? Maybe you're going to fast from television. You imagine this? Maybe, maybe you're going to give up American Idol for a season. Oh, my goodness. Or you fast from Facebook. What, what 30? Some of you just walked out. Everyone under 20 walked out. Uh, if maybe, you know, maybe you work out at the gym, you know, an hour a day, and you're going to dial it back for a season because you're giving up something physical in order to receive something spiritual. The point of a 40-day season is denial. You're denying your flesh so that your spirit man can be strengthened and come to life. So this is a season for your soul to be fed and refreshed by God. I love, there's another passage where Jesus actually says to his disciples, I have food to eat you guys don't know nothing about. <laughs> and they're like, where's he hiding the Big Mac? No. Jesus, it's how he handled his Bible. He fed on God's word. He meditated on it day and night. He was saturated in scripture. And when temptation came calling, Jesus was not shy about pulling out 
His ammo box. That's what I want to call this, an ammo box. Because that's exactly what's happening here. This is a little bit about spiritual combat. I realize we're having this like poor timing, like we're talking about gun violence and gun control, all this. This ain't that. This, this is actual standard, ish, official issue, U.S. Army ammo box used to hold mortar rounds, okay? But when Jesus was tempted, he actually didn't like try to, I'm going to outsmart the devil. He actually said, I'm going to go into my ammo box of God's word, and I am going to bring out these pieces of scripture that I have been feeding on that have moved from my head to my heart so that I might not sin against the Father. It is written, it is written, it is written. We got a ton of these. These are, these are ama- some of these are amazing. I want, sh- I want to show this to you. This is a spiritual ammo that Jesus had. Jesus' Bible was very, very different than ours. He did not have the New Testament, obviously. He's living it right then, right? He had the Torah. He had the Psalms. He had the prophets. So he had a lot of the Old Testament, and he, uh, he quotes over 80 times in his ministry from the Old Testament, like from, from Isaiah. And whenever the enemy attacked, Jesus, think about it, he's weak physically, but he would open his ammo box, take out the scripture, and spiritually beat back the enemy with God's word. And that's a model for us, guys. That's what believers are supposed to do when we find ourselves tempted. That's a great question for you this morning. When, do, when and where do you find yourself most tempted? What are, what are you most tempted? You know, like this past week or, or the week to come, is it to, you know, is it to linger a little bit longer on that website than you know you should? Anybody here struggle with lust? No, just you, Tim. I know me. When do you find yourself tempted to buy stuff you don't need with money you don't have? Anybody? <laughs> when, are, when are you most tempted to say crueler cutting things when other people actually aren't even in the, the room? Did anyone struggle with gossip here, Okay. How about this? How about this? When are, when are you most tempted to rage and fume around your family or punish your relatives? Not, you know, not fight fair, but to, to, to hit them where it hurts or just punish them with your silence. Guys, there are these private battles that we all face, which we just chalk up to ordinary life. But God says, now I'm going to show you the spiritual root of this. And I'm going to show you, Jesus says, how you handle the enemy with your ammo box, which is now watch what he does here. Temptation number two. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. Let me show you a picture of Herod's temple in Jerusalem. That's what he's talking about. You can see it's a massive structure, dozens of stories high. It overlooked the city, dwarfed all other buildings. Satan says, okay, Jesus, if you're really chosen by God, why don't you you go to the top and jump? For it's written, he'll command his angels concerning you, Satan's quoting scripture. And they'll lift you up with their hands so that you won't strike your foot against a stone. And this is disturbing because what it means is that Satan has an ammo box. He, know, he knows scripture too. Now, of course, he, he twists it. He uses it out of context. But his motivation is very clear. He says, you know, if you're really the Savior, Jesus, do something spectacular. Show off, be dramatic, make a grand entrance to dazzle the crowd. Remember, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And he's like, you need a grand entrance, man. We need confetti cannons here. (laughs) He appeals to Jesus' pride. Climb climb to the top, step out over the ledge and just kind of, ah, then swoosh at the last minute. Like Iron Man. You guys seen Iron Man? You know, he falls off. He's like, no. That'd be amazing. You could wear a cape, Jesus. Wow. Have you ever been tempted? Show off at work, at school. Tempted to show others just how powerful and important you are. Well, Jesus, 
reaches into his ammo box, and he answers, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. In other words, Satan, that is man's approach to leadership. You show off your power in a prideful way, but my power is from another place. And my father has asked me to make my entrance in a humble way by putting a towel around my waist and washing feet. And I'm actually going to carry a Roman cross, not a cape, to save this world. Don't test God. He opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Last temptation of Christ. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He said, all this I'll give you if you'll bow down and worship me. He shows him New York, London, Paris. He says, it's all yours. And it's this one that, te- that challenges me the most because this temptation at, the, at its root is a temptation to take a shortcut in your spiritual life. See, Jesus knew that ultimately, a shortcut, that all the kingdoms of the world were rightfully his. The Bible says all the creation was created by Jesus and for Jesus and that he is the rightful ruler and he will come and sit on his throne. And that's what the father wanted. But so this is a message, of, this is about timing, guys. Have you ever been tempted to take a shortcut in your career, a shortcut in, in, your, in your marriage? Satan's offering Jesus something that is rightfully his, that he knows God has destined him for. But he's saying, you don't have to suffer. You don't have to go through the process. You don't have to carry the cross. You're 30, dude. You are ready right now for your coronation. You don't need to go through that bloody death for the sins of humanity. Take power now, Jesus. I mean, if the father really loved you, why would he make you go through all this? Is he trying to torture you? Have you ever felt that way? God, why are you making me go through this? Why do I have to wait? Singles, you ever wonder that? If God really loved me, then why is he waiting, making me wait so long for a spouse? What, why, why is he making you endure this chronic illness right now? When you, you, if you believe that God could snap his fingers and just restore your health, why is it that God perhaps leads you out to the desert when you know you belong in, in, in a... Is it because there is no God? May, is it, is that, maybe it's just random. Maybe this whole faith thing is just chance. It's just, come on, just bow down, bow down. Just bend your knee, just, wor- just worship me. It's all yours. And Jesus reached into his ammo box and he said, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Scripture says if we rebuke the devil, he will actually flee. And Jesus is showing us that in my life, in your life, the, the, the spiritual life, guys, you have to get this. It is a steel cage match with the enemy of your soul. If Jesus was tempted, so will we be. If Jesus suffered in his flesh, so will we. If the enemy appeals to Jesus' pride, so will you. It's not a matter of if, it's a question of when. And the question you and I have to ask is, When the enemy comes calling, what's in your ammo box? Are there certain verses? Are there stories in God's word that sustain you during a moment of testing? Or when you are weak and you're tempted? In the Bible, or is the Bible just going to be, you know, it's a book that I carry in my hands or put in my backpack. Or is it going to be this weapon that you can actually pull out at a moment's notice when you're attacked at work personally? When you're made fun of at school? (laughs) When you're in the middle of an argument with your wife, it's interesting to me how Jesus handled his Bible because he's tempted three times and each time he defends himself with a single verse from a single book. Do you know where this is from? These verses, all three of them? It's from the book of Deuteronomy. 
chapters 6 and 8. Do you know what happens in the book of Deuteronomy? It's the story of Israel wandering in the desert for how long? 40 years. And here Jesus opens the New Testament by being tested in the desert for 40 days. There's a symmetry. This is not coincidence. Both were tempted to doubt God, but only one said, I'm going to take him at his word, and I'm going to take on the enemy. And God says to you, will you trust me? Will you follow me like that? And over and over in the Old Testament, the people were like, yeah, we trust you. But then under pressure, they'd crack, they'd cave, they'd compromise. Some of you are facing those compromising situations right now. And you're like, I think I want to follow God. I think maybe I will, maybe I won't. And because of their disobedience, they wandered in the desert for 40 years. Only Jesus passes the test. The father says, will you trust me, son, that what I have planned for you, though it may be hard, though it may require suffering, though it may require being on a cross, will you trust that I'm working all things together for good? That's the salvation plan. That's God's, that's how it comes, guys, through sacrifice and trust, not, not, pride and fear, but what understand what's happening. Here in the desert, Jesus is reliving. He's reenacting the story of Israel. He's being the faithful follower of God that you and I could never be. That's the only reason why he's the perfect sacrifice on the cross for our sins, because he was tempted just as we are, yet was without sin. You were saved because Jesus had an ammo box and stood up under testing. Amen. So when you're tempted, I wonder, what's in your ammo box? Let, let me show you how this works. Because as a pastor, some of you are going to be shocked because you're like, I can't believe it. You're going to be shocked to know that I'm tempted in every single way, just like you are, okay? I struggle with lust and gossip and pride and, and, and pride and pride. Uh, honestly, that, that is one of the reasons why I fasted this week. Because I was like, God, at the start of the new year here, could you just take out the garbage inside of me? Take out the garbage, God. Just cleanse, detox my soul so I could be useful to this church and lead them humbly. I, sometimes my, I don't want my head to get so big it matches my hair. You know what I'm saying? All right? And, and I need your help on that, honestly, because sometimes I worry about what people think. That's what pride is. Well, did they like the sermon? Oh, will they come back? You know? And I was like, Jesus, it's just pride and insecurity and all that stuff. And my prayer this week was, Lord, I don't, I don't want to lead these people and just be known, man, this is a good communicator. I don't want to just ply you with, you know, stories and jokes all the time, lest your faith rest on my personality. I want to preach Jesus Christ to you crucified so that your faith doesn't rest on human wisdom, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Amen? Less of me, more of Jesus. That's like my prayer for 2013. But understand this. I get tempted like anybody else. And one of the things I'm grateful for is that when I was young, my parents filled up my ammo box with memory verses. They made me memorize certain verses, key passages that honestly I have found hugely invaluable in my journey as a man. For, for example, when I'm tempted by pride to believe, you know, believe your own press clippings, you know, or just start acting like a jerk to your kids and wife and all that. You know what I do? I reach in my ammo box. This is one my father made me memorize. James 4, James 4, 6. It says, God opposes who? The proud, but gives grace to the humble. I have memorized that verse, and when I'm tempted to, to brag or throw my weight around or, you know, lord it over other people, I, I remind myself, no, that's not the way of Christ. Humility. and humility, consider others better than yourselves. Others greater than me. Yes, God opposes the proud because grace and power to humble. That's in my ammo box. What's in yours? How about lust? Here's one that my father made me memorize. 
Job 31, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. Guys, this is a huge one for us, okay? I don't want to just say guys, in fact, but women, I understand, I understand the sensual culture that we live in. As a young boy, I remember the first time I was exposed to porn, and uh, it was my friend Harry took me behind, uh, you know, 7-Eleven, and we had to go into the dumpster <laughs> and wade through everything, and he found this dog-eared copy, and then we stashed it in the woods. And then on the way home from school, we'd go and, you know, take a peek and all that. That was my first intro to pornography. When I was young, you had to go out of your way to find it. Now it finds you. Yeah? You've got it right now in your back pocket if you have a cell phone, okay? If you have an iPad, if you have a, it is on every, it is getting harder and harder to rely on filters to keep your mind pure. And that's why you need something portable. That's what scripture is. My, my dad showed me this verse. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look left without a girl. And guess what? Whenever I'm confronted with sensual imagery, I just bounce my eyes because I made an agreement before God. No, those thoughts are for my wife alone. I'm going to save them for that. I made an agreement with God. And this is funny because my dad taught me to this verse. And to this day, listen to this. I was just over there this past week. He still has this verse handwritten on a little index card taped to the top of his television. He's 72 years old. All right? Yeah. And why does he do that? Because at 72, he's still in the battle. And he's like, I am finishing well. That's in my ammo box. What's in yours? Last one. When, I, when I'm tempted by anger, okay, which is to say when I spend more than four hours with my kids. <laughs> or, or, when, or when Colleen and I get in a fight, I say, oh, Lord, just would you show that woman how wrong she is, you know? <laughs> I, I pull out Proverbs Proverbs 13, 1, 15, 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. See, in the heat of battle with my family, it's easy to forget that words count. And even if I don't like their tone, it's my job to respond gently with a kind word, a gentle answer that diffuses things. That does not come naturally to me. (laughs) What comes naturally is the second part of that verse. Stir the pot, okay? You want crazy? I'll show you crazy. You know, I can do that, man. But then I say, away from me, Satan. No, 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 no. You are the enemy, not my wife, not my kids. They are a blessing from God, and I'm called to be a peacemaker in my marriage. Amen? So I remember Proverbs 15, when I get in a fight at home, that's in my ammo box. What's in yours? Jesus had an ammo box, and he, he accessed it whenever he was tempted. Certain pieces of scriptures fed his soul and sustained him spiritually. And as followers of Jesus, we're to follow his example. So here's what I want you to do over the next 40 days. As we read through the New Testament over the next 40 days, certain verses are going to jump out at you, all right? They're going to speak powerfully to you. They're going to speak to your situation. And when that happens, I want you to put them in your ammo box. Write them down. Because you're going to need them at some point, and God's preparing you for this journey. Even better, memorize them. Move them from... Here to here, that's what Jesus did. And this may be the start of a new practice in your spiritual life. I, I realize, like, scripture memory has, like, fallen out of fashion. It's like, oh, it's all fashion. I got the Bible on my iPhone, man. Why do I need to memorize it? Because in the desert, there ain't cell reception, okay? There's no cell reception in the desert. The Bible is not a reference book for you. It is bread for your soul. You need substance, to sustain you and encourage you and nourish you in the journey that God's called you to. And if you're new to the faith, this is just how you start. This isn't rocket science. 
Start reading the Bible with us and then make some of these verses yours over the next 40 days. Put them in your ammo box. If you are an old timer, you're, or even better, a young parent, do this, guys. If nothing else, do it for your kids, okay? Um, I want to show you something cool. Just indulge me for one sec because this is one of the things I'm like most proud of right now just going on in my family. My son, Dell is eight years old, okay? And I'm like, God, help, you know, I, w- I want him to have an appetite for the scripture. How do we do this? Well, he's a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Can you guys see this? Take a look at it. Oh, there's another Lord of the Rings nerd here. That's awesome, man, to be too. And here, so here's what I do. I, I just, this is kind of funny because I made this little binder for him and I downloaded all these pictures from like Lord of the Rings. And what I did is I matched them up to certain verses in scripture, okay? Because he's a visual learner like his dad. And, and I give this to him and, and he's very, very Lego oriented. So it says, dear Dell, these fighter verses will make you strong and brave in battle. As soon as you memorize them, you will earn this. And then there's a four. I don't care. You got to bribe them, man. I don't care what you do. You don't judge me, man. You got it. And there's a 400 piece Lord of the Rings weather top Lego set there, right? And so I show him this. I said, we're going to do the armor of God, Ephesians six, right? So I, so I, you know, violate all the copyrights. I download pictures. I said, you got to memorize something. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then what I do is I match, I match them all up here. I got like Gandalf and the ring rates here. Here's the armor, you know, and oh, there's Saruman, you know, when he talks about the devil, all that whole thing. And I'm like, man, if you, if you li- there's Aragorn, he looks like Jesus. That's amazing. <laughs> Here's a bonus verse. Memorize this and you get Lego loss. I like, I, I don't care, man. He memorized Ephesians 6, nine verses in two days. <laughs> Boom. He is on it. It's, a, it's amazing. It's ama- now, this is going to sound kind of silly, but listen to me. Listen to me. He's committed now. Over last fall, he's committed over 35 verses to memory. All right? And it's not because he's... Praise God. Because here's why. We, we went on a hike. Our family went on a hike in upstate New York. And we're going up this Mohonk Mountain House. Amazing. You got this rock scramble. has these ladders. There's no railings. And you're, we're going up behind... You know, I'm climbing up, and it's a little bit on the edge for my daughter and my son. And my son's up in front of me, and I see him getting a little bit scared. He's like, Daddy, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> and I'm like, it's okay, son. You know, be strong. Be, you know, be brave. And he's tears welling in his eyes and everything. And he's frozen. I go, go ahead, son. You can do it. I hear him muttering. He's going, I go, son, just go. There are people waiting. We're on this ladder. There's nowhere to go, you know. And he just go, what are you doing? He just goes, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And he starts climbing up this ladder, man. I was like, that's right. <laughs> you know, we get on up there. And he makes it to the top. He's like, I'm strong, Dad. I'm like, you are strong in the Lord, man. And it's fun because then my daughter, she's frozen on the ladder. She can't even see her brother. But we hear from over the right, goes, be strong in the Lord, Chase. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I love it. Now, why am I doing this? Why am I going to these lengths to hide God's word in their heart? Because I'm a great pastor? No. Because I'm a perfect dad? No. The reason I'm doing it is because my boy right now is eight, and someday he's going to be 18. And he's not going to be on a hike with daddy, but at a party with his buddies or in the back seat of a car with a girl. And he's going to be tempted in a different way. And at that moment, it will just be my son, his God, and his ammo box. So I'm hiding God's word in his heart right now so that he has it later on and makes the right choice. This is making sense to you. Parents, I'm talking to you about this. Psalm 119 says, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. That's my job as his father. 
as the spiritual leader in this house to do whatever it takes so that my children hide God's word in their heart now for the battles they will face later. So parents, this 40-day challenge is for your whole family, all right? We want your kids to participate. We have a special, actually, version for them, MP3 version. It takes about 10, 12 minutes to listen to, even if they don't you know, like to read. You can discuss it around the dinner table. And today, when you pick up your kids, we're going to give you a special parents pamphlet. And you'll discover we are giving, we're putting a little bit of incentives out there. Any kid who completes this gets a 40-topping ice cream sundae. There's an iPad mini theater thing. I was like, what? I, I'm like, whatever. Hosel's like, you said we could bribe him. I was like, whatever it takes. You just put it in the ammo box here. But I want you to think about this because your family legacy may be changed over the next 40 days. I, th- I thank God. I thank God my father did that with me. I didn't love it at the time. I didn't love it. But man, I'm thankful now. And I'm hoping I can pass this on to my kids. So if you are in for this journey ahead, I want to encourage you, if you haven't, to sign up. You can fill out this response card right now. Take it to the lobby. Tell us how many Bibles you need, and we will hook you up. If you already had, uh, gave this in last week, just go. Your Bibles are waiting for you. We will give you whatever you need to make you win at home. And for the next 40 days, guys, this is going to be cool because we're going to be eating the same bread. We're going to be strengthening our inner man. We're going to be equipping our families for battle and preparing this church for victory. Amen? Let's pray together. God, I just thank you right now for the legacy of men and women that are going to change over the next 40 days. We can't wait to see what you do. God, we're, we're, we're opening ourselves to you. We're trying to empty ourselves of all the garbage. Take it out, Lord. Just take out all the garbage in Jesus. Purify us, God, that we could be a holy people, not holy rollers, God, but humble people who trust you, follow you, God, and just depend on you every day for our daily bread. In fact, that's how we pray right now. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.